Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken from Aftershocks reminding you that if you want to see the interviews, see the artists, and see Matt and I ramble on with the artists, subscribe to us on YouTube. Just go to the link bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash AftershocksPod1, the number one. So bit.ly slash AftershocksPod1. And you can subscribe and see all of our videos in this video cast. Our legend. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, let me do that again. And speaking of legends coming to the mic, it's my <laughs> friend and partner, Chris Aiken, <laughs> how's that for you? Well, that's a little better, I guess. I, I don't know. It, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Eddie dead bummer. Yeah. You know, you know who broke that story a little over a year ago, obviously was David Lee Roth. Right. You know, he, um, you know, when he started talking about his, uh, opening up for who do you open up for kiss? Mm -hmm, Yeah. And then he was doing his residency thing out there in in Las Vegas and, you know, Mm -hmm. some shows and, you know, people were asking him about, uh, you know, Hey, when's, when's Van Halen going on tour? And he see, I don't think Van Halen's ever going to tour again. Yeah. Oops. I guess I shouldn't have said that. And uh, they're like, well, why, why did you and the Van Halen brothers have a following out? And he goes, no, I think Eddie's got some health issues that he's not going to overcome. Yeah. And he didn't. Nope. So he kind of knew what he was talking about. Even, even then. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it is definitely a bummer. It is, you know, talking to people during the week, it's probably the biggest musical loss we've, any of us have had in our music lives, you know, I mean, as far as influence and, you know, I mean, every fucking guitar player, you know, is influenced by Eddie Van Halen of any style. Yeah. Well, the only, the other, you know, big music loss that I can think of that's in that same league would be Ronnie James Dio. I think Eddie's a lot bigger than Dio. I know he is. I'm just saying in that, in that realm, I'm not saying that they're equal or anything. I'm just saying that in, as far as, you know, unique talents and, you know, people who are very influential with the hard rock and metal music. No, Dio is definitely right up there. I think in terms of influence and changing the game, um, you know, all we got left is what, um, Paul McCartney, maybe. Well, yeah, he's, he's definitely, uh, you know, a legendary figure. Yeah. I mean, he's one that when he dies, every, everybody that's ever sold a record will, will, will look to that guy. Um, is there anybody else even like Mick Jagger? I don't think is, I mean, Mick Jagger will be huge, but he wasn't a game changer like Eddie Van Halen. True. I mean, you know, he, Eddie Van Halen, obviously, uh, a, a pioneer with his, you know, his tapping style and, and, yeah. you know, changing the, you know, he was a game changer at the time that Van Halen came out in the late seventies. Right. The best thing Eddie Van Halen did was drove a stake in the knife of those hack guitarists, like fucking Richie Blackmore. That's <laughs> the best thing he did. He said enough with this fucking a- aimless shitbag noodling. I'm going right. to show you really how to noodle. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, a, a big, a big loss, big, big, uh, loss for the hard rock and metal world and, you know, the music world in general. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know we have some really hardcore Van Halen fans that, uh, you know, listen to this show, obviously your good friend, John. Sure. And, and our good friend, Sammy Lee, you know, huge fan Van Halen mm-hmm. fans, you know, and I like the fact that you got the, uh, the Frankenstein, uh, pattern behind you in your, uh, in your studio there. It's my silent tribute. Yeah. I see that. I, I saw you use that earlier this week, uh, during your, your aftershocks. Uh, yeah. Aftershocks session. Yeah. Yep. I'm leaving it for this week and then I'll go back to reality next week, but yeah, like, yeah. like naked chicks on poles and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I was plenty bummed out when this thing, you know, when, when the news hit, I was like, son of a bitch, you got to be kidding. And, and it's weird because we, we all kind of knew, you know, I mean, I think we all sort of knew it was coming maybe, but man, oh man, this is definitely one of those that when you got the news, it was like motherfucker. Yeah. It, it wasn't, you know, you, you didn't know that, you, you know, you, you had heard rumor. We'd heard rumor and speculation mm-hmm. for a year now that uh, Eddie was not well. Right. 
And, you know, of course, uh, they did, you know, the Van Halen camp did everything they could to to dispel that rumor because there was like one or two times that Eddie was photographed out and about like at a car dealership or something like that. And it's yeah. like, hey, he's fine. He looks great. No, right. no problem. He's he's good. You know, but uh, apparently he he he'd been, you know, he'd been battling uh, this this mouth cancer for for a decade. No. Yeah. I hope if he was buying a car, he got it on payment so he didn't have to just pay it off. <laughs> like, like Eddie needs to go with payments on a car. Yeah, but still, you know, it would it would suck if he dropped forty thousand dollars when he could have spent like two. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Well, um, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. And there's nobody left. I mean, there's there's guys left, but there's nobody. There's nobody of of any influence left there's just not who's yeah, left he, he well he was definitely the one of the last of the real pioneers in you know music yeah yeah there's nothing there's no i mean who who are you gonna look to as the, as the next pioneer bono no yeah good point brian the most important eddie is still alive eddie trunk well i i heard i had heard is and i don't know maybe you heard it is eddie trunk giving the uh the eulogy wouldn't shock me i i heard i heard that that was the case mm -hmm. i don't know the only thing i heard about eddie trunk this week was him crying about the fact that rob halford doesn't like him and won't do his show <laughs> yeah well that, that's the whole thing with uh eddie why is it why is it these guys won't talk to him you know what, what is it what is it with these especially these legendary style guys like uh, paul stanley or yeah. now rob halford what is it what is eddie doing to these guys yeah i can't imagine i i mean I heard Eddie on his show talking about, talking about, well, Rob must not have liked something I said about him, this and that. And I was like, are you kidding? You know, we've said way harsher shit. And look, look what I got in the mail from, from Halford's people. I look got at that. So apparently I'm not as bad as Eddie trunk. And I say way harsher shit than Eddie trunk will ever say. Well, you're not as dangerous as Eddie. Apparently not. Cause Eddie is dangerous. Apparently they still felt like sending me a book. Yeah. Well, good for you. So, okay, cool. I, I hope there's a chapter in there, how he's the lawnmower. <laughs> you know, as I was listening to internet radio one day, <laughs> wouldn't that be fucking crazy yeah, if that wasn't there? <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what Eddie does to some of these guys. It, it's probably just. You know, the stories that we know, you know, that he's kind of a douche in real life. And, you know, some of these guys don't like don't like being dealt with as a douche. You know, I, I mean, I can't imagine, especially the Halford thing is one thing, but kiss, especially as much as this guy slobbers on the kiss stick, you know, for Paul Stanley to just 100 percent not be willing to speak to him at all. That says that there's something fucked up behind the scenes. Yeah, I agree you know something bad but yeah so well, whatever not our problem well there there are there are several people who have mentioned that uh for whatever reason they they don't like to talk to eddie mm -hmm. maybe it's i don't know maybe it's all this this i i i me 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 stuff they don't like yeah. well it could be could be that when they're being interviewed they don't want to hear about how it inf how it impacted your career ed when I, was I, took, the, I took geezer butler bowling when i saw you guys perform at the whatever ballroom and i did the intro i thought you were amazing shut up Just shut up i got you back together and you did my show exclusively that's right yeah ed he's a he's a character that's right yeah. Well, somebody has been trying to get to us for a while. Haley Kill Caller, you're on the air. Haley Kill. Is that you, Tim, calling again and again and again? It is. What, 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 what do you have to say that's so important that you keep hitting redial? Go ahead. Well, because I, I think the death of Edward Van Halen is the oh, Edward most Van tragic Halen. event to happen in music to happen in music since the death of Malcolm Young. What? Malcolm Young? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. It's, um, I mean, 
part of me part of me thinks though, I've got to be honest with some of these guys that I mean I've I've been upset all week about this. Have you but has this me, has this interrupted your sleep patterns or your shaking patterns or no, anything like that? No, but I've no, but I've been quite I've been quite sad about it all week, and I've tried to avoid a lot of the news and stuff because it's just too depressing to look at. Um, but part of me part of me thinks though that these guys kind of brought it on themselves a little bit. Brought what because, on themselves? Well, you know, because Eddie Eddie did smoke like a chimney. Oh yeah, well yeah, of course. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna abuse your body, be it smoking or drinking or taking drugs or or eating poorly or whatever it is that you do, yeah, you're gonna pay the price eventually. And. And also, and also, because you know he's, he was into a lot of drugs and alcohol for a lot of years. Um, do you think? Do you guys think that there'll be a, a Van Halen archive release? They they said, I I read something that said that um, Alex and Wolfie are going through the the archives to see if there's anything that's not already out there. So they'll probably find a couple of songs here or there. Yeah. I'm glad to see you're focused yeah. on this bad time, Tim. <laughs> what do you mean? What did you say? I said, I'm glad to see you're focused on this sad time. That you're already looking for scraps. That you're already looking for fucking phone recordings or whatever of Eddie. Just so that you can have more product now that he's dead. Well... Isn't that what the fans want? I guess. I, guess. I don't know. I think the fans are, are would would prefer Eddie to still be alive and maybe see a a, a couple last shows rather than well, what kind of scraps you no, got I've, left in the old archive? No, I mean, I, I mean, obviously we'd rather him still be alive, but you know, he's not. So, I don't yeah, know. really, it's been three days. Fuck. How long do you got to wait before you ask for new material? Yeah, really. <laughs> well let's let's face it they didn't bring out they didn't bring out a new record from after 2012 unless you count that, that horrible david lee roth live album yeah you know well and that and that tour, that tour would have killed it that tour would have killed it with sammy hagar and david lee roth and it would have would have would have been enormous man Maybe the thought of having that tour did kill it, literally. Maybe. And I don't understand why people are so upset about Eddie Trunk either. But anyway, hail and kill. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Wife is in the room. Yeah. Alan Kill, talk to you guys later. Let's see. Tim had a Tim Tim, that was one of Tim's tougher calls. Not not his best work. No. He was so anxious to get on and relieve himself of the grief, yeah. the grief that he's been feeling for three days. Something that made him sad all week. I think that feeling about Malcolm Young has a lot to do with living in Australia. <laughs> Malcolm Young. Because here, that was that was barely more than a blip. I know. It was, oh, man, that sucks. All yeah. right, cool. What else? Yeah, great great rhythm guitarist for ACDC. Yeah. Yeah, now his, now his nephew is doing it. Yeah, we were we were on from Malcolm Young, I think, that afternoon. <laughs> Weren't we? We, so. we? we were done with the Malcolm Young story by the next time D. Snyder said something bad about Trump. Yeah. You know, like three minutes later. <laughs> Boy, I don't know. Malcolm Young. Yeah, I don't think that was a huge I, I don't think that was a huge impact at all. Yeah. I mean I mean I mean the I'm I'm sure that you heard the new A C D C song, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I do too. And uh, did you know Malcolm didn't play on that? What? <laughs> I, no wonder it sounded so different to me. I, I just knew something was just off just a little bit. It sounded great, but it just was missing that something. Yeah, it just had that that one thing that wasn't quite right about it. I listened to it intently. I put it in my headphones and I, I turned it up loud. And I got, there's just an element that's missing in the song. It's a great song. It's a nice pop pop popping refreshing acdc song right but it just missed an element there just yeah. something wrong 
it just didn't have that old pudding head rhythm. And I thought, man, you know what it's missing? It's missing Malcolm. Yeah. I could, I could tell in the rhythms that Malcolm just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> rest in peace, Malcolm. Yeah. You too. Yeah. You too. You, about, you probably are out there backing up Eddie right now up in heaven. Yeah, he probably is. Eddie, it's it's that it's the Iron Maiden type of a jam with Eddie Dimebag and Malcolm Young. You know, they're they're playing that and we got Vinnie Paul on drums, Lemmy on bass. Oh. It's an all-star heavenly band. It is. Ugh. It is. Yeah, it, it's funny because we rip on that. Uh, Toomey all week has been just sending me ridiculous gif after re- ridiculous gif of, of fucking, you know, people's imaginary band that's yeah. playing up in the clouds, man. Yeah, they're all playing together now. Yeah. It's one big sound check. Shut up. <laughs> People are ridiculous. When you're dead, you're dead. That's yeah. it. People are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Besides the, the lives that these guys lived, if you, if you have a belief in heaven and hell and, and, uh, you know, how you get into heaven and all that other stuff, I don't think they're in heaven jamming together. Yeah, probably not. I don't, I don't think so. But probably the other way fucking reliving my book. Exactly. That's probably it, but whatever. But rest in peace. Rest in peace. Hail and kill caller. You're on the air. Hey, what's up, guys? It's John. How's it going? Hey, is this John? John Ed, John Edward Van Halen? <laughs> well, the biggest Edward Van Halen fan, maybe, but uh, yeah. So, um, I like I give a Tim shit about the archive stuff. Like, <laughs> well, it's like, dude, it's been yeah. when did Eddie die? Wednesday? Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday. So it's five days, and we're looking for new fucking material. Jesus Christ, get out of the internet yeah, I mean, age. Holy fuck. I, I get it. I mean, like, I mean, the guy, I mean, Eddie has said himself over the years that he's got miles of fucking tape of so much unreleased stuff that it's like, you know, I mean, I get it. Like, fans want to want to hear that stuff. And I mean, look at all the stuff that Hendrix, his estate has put out since he died. Like, I mean, and that's Hendrix, who only was around for a few years. I mean, Eddie, you know, was around for fucking 40 or whatever it was. Like, how much do you think he's got? So. All, all people, I'll, people I'll, the only thing I'll warn fans about is that a lot of times there's a reason that that shit doesn't come out. And, and I'll tell you what, I I've been living through, I know you hate this guy, John, but Prince has been releasing Prince's estate has been releasing his gobs of material that he has. And most of it is shit. It's like, yeah, so a lot of this stuff should have stayed buried. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I think, and honestly, if, if they were going to do the unreleased thing, I really think that like the only way that you could really do it and, and do it well, I would think would be to get, you know, because I mean, Sammy was on good terms with Alex and he's obviously on good terms with Mikey and stuff. And like, it would be to get, you know, go through the material and find stuff that was basically completed songs and have like, you know, say, oh, this sounds like a Sammy song or this sounds like a Ross song and like have those guys actually put vocals over the top of it. So it's like a new song. It's just, you know, something that was recorded like back in the day, like, you know, like they did um with that Mitch Malloy where they had that unreleased song with Gary Sharon. And then when you watch that little 13 minute video or whatever the fuck it is on YouTube about Mitch Malloy and how he almost joined the band, like they've actually got that, like that song they did with Sharon, but they erased his vocals and Mitch Malloy sang it like something like that, like, you know, have them actually record a new vocal on it. So it's, you know, actually new material and not just, you know, hours and hours of Eddie just soloing and noodling and fucking around, you know, am I, am I the only fan that really thinks that once they're dead, they're dead and just leave them go. You got to enjoy it. And that, you know, that part of, part of being famous, part of having this career is that it's, it's in a window and it should stay in the window. Once the window's closed, you either were part of it or you weren't enough with this, trying to keep the legacy alive with shit that was not meant to be part of the legacy. Yeah. I mean, and and dude, you know me, like I'm the biggest Van Halen honk there is. And it's like, 
I mean, would I if if they said, "Hey, we're putting out all this archival Eddie shit," I mean, would I buy it and would I listen to it? Yeah, but I, I tend I tend to agree with you because, like you said, like what I mean, especially because Eddie had that period of time where he was such a fucking weirdo, like when he was all whacked out on coke and wine and shit, you know, around the time of the 2004 tour where he was recording shit by like, you know, like C clamping his guitar to a bar stool and then running a cable and a microphone out the door to his house and all this fucking weirdo fucking psychotic shit. Like, I mean, do you, you know, do you want to hear that or do you want to go back and listen to like, you know, fucking fair warning and for an awful carnal knowledge and shit? I mean, do you really want that? Like you said, it, 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 it can really, in most cases, only tarnish what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, and especially with, especially with Eddie, like you guys were talking about, you know, who's the next one, like who would be as big. And it's like, you know, there's, it, you really can't think of one. And, and I think that the reason is because his legacy isn't just, well, he was a, he was a fucking shredding guitar player because, you know, you could say, okay, well, you know, Steve Vai in a technical fashion is, is better than Eddie, like Ingve. Like there's guys that you would look at as a technical player and say, okay, well, this guy is better than this guy. Like, but the thing of it is with Eddie was, it was this feel like all the, all these famous guitar players that have played on his rig. They always say, man, I played like Van Halen, you know, music when I plugged it, you know, I, I put on Eddie's guitar through his rig and it didn't sound anything like Van Halen. Like it sounded like me. And I mean, he, he not only like fucking was a shredder, but he changed the instrument itself. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the, the guitar itself was a different instrument before he came along. And I mean, he's got a bunch of patents and some of them are goofy and everything, but you know, I mean, he, and, and on top of all of it, he was a great songwriter. I mean, I think that's the one thing, you know, Aiken, you and I've talked about it a lot. And I know, uh, Neely, you're not a fan of the Sammy stuff, but you know, I mean, they went from being kind of like a, you know, hard rock borderline metal band in, in the Roth era stuff just like a party heavy band and then you know eddie just switches gears completely when sammy comes in and you know people make fun of the love ballads and shit but it was a, a very different style of songwriting and yet it just got all these fucking number one hits and albums and shit i mean it was the, the guy was brilliant as a songwriter and i think that goes completely unrecognized you know so he he was so multifaceted in the industry that you don't see anybody like that, that that's done it on all three fronts so you know, it was, it was, he was completely unique in that respect. Well, I think what Eddie brought to the table, aside from all the things that you mentioned was how he, you know, the re and I know you already know this, John, being a Uber fan that you are, but you know, the reason why they called his guitar, the Frankenstein is because of all the, you know, changes he made to it, you know, you know, the, the different, the different woods and the different necks and the different bodies and, you know, cutting into it and you know altering the sound of the average guitar by playing around with different pickups and things like that that just sort of you know made it his own it was a very unique thing he was an innovator you know when it came to that kind of a yeah. thing. yeah i mean there, there's there's the story that i don't know how many people i mean if you're a big van halen honk you guys might know it but for that song on fair warning um, dirty movies, that part in the beginning with that really high squeaky slide part, he was trying to do the slide parts and he couldn't get high enough on the guitar. So he took out a hacksaw and hacked off the horn <laughs> so that it wouldn't get in his fucking way. So he could slide up high enough. So he literally destroyed a guitar to cut a track for one goddamn song for about like 15 seconds. Yeah. Well, you know, when, you know, when, like, when you're Eddie Van Halen, you know, the, the guitar companies are willing to give you all the guitars you can handle. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so, so I mean, cutting up one guitar, I don't think was going to be a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he, but I mean, you're right. I mean, he just, he, he did things that nobody, that nobody else did. Like you mentioned the Frankenstrat. I mean, it's, you know, it was, it was a piece of shit, like slapped together guitar. And, you know, he, he had always said that he wanted the sound of a Gibson with like the feel of a Fender and they didn't make the guitar. So he's like, fuck it. I'll make my own. There you go. I mean, it was, he just created an instrument for his own needs. And it's like, who, who does that shit? You know I mean? Like you can look at like Tony Iommi with like distortion and all that stuff with black Sabbath and, you know, Hendrix, Hendrix was close. And I think that's really the only guy that you can compare him to is, you know, a guy like Jimi Hendrix who kind of was a little bit similar, you know, he's, you know, he's got the, he's a lefty, but he just flipped over a right-handed guitar, restrung it. That was, you know, unheard of. And, you know, the things he did with the amps and all that kind of shit. So, 
yeah, I mean, well, that, it's just, that, it's, it's that, that is up. that is obviously what sets these guys apart from from the average guy out there who will just take a stock guitar or you know, maybe they might change a pickup or something like that. But these guys sit there and work at their craft and go, you know what, if I, you know, if I cut into the neck a little bit here, if I shorten this a little bit here, if I, you know, put a whammy bar here, you know, if I, if I tighten this, if I tighten this, uh, a little bit more here, you know, I can make it do this or that or the other thing. And they, they work at their craft. Yeah. I mean, Eddie, Eddie always said that all the, you know, quote unquote tricks that he did, he said he wasn't trying to be fancy. He said he couldn't afford all the pedals that were required to make those sounds. So he figured out how to do it with his hands. (laughs) Like, you know, he was fucking broke. So he had, he wanted to do wah shit and like phaser and all this kind of crap. So, you know, he he did it like that. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, it really sucks because, you know, you guys ask like, who's the next one? We mentioned that a minute ago, but, you know, I mean, I think, I think part of this goes back to a discussion you guys have had a lot of times on the show, you know, I, you know, and it, it's easy to say, you know, the, the, you know, you might never see anything like that again, because you've only seen a couple people like that in music history. But I mean, so that's the easy answer, but I think, you know, when you guys have discussed the fact that music these days is so devalued, it's the fact that, you know, kids, you know, there's not, you know, back in the day, Eddie Van Halen was listening to Eric Clapton being like, Holy fuck. I want to, you know, play Eric Clapton. I want to do this, that, and the other, like music had value. So he wanted to learn to play. He wanted to do this and music losing its value to kids these days. Like where's the inspiration to go be the next Eddie Van Halen or Jimi Hendrix or something like that, you know? Well, as the old saying goes, John, and I'm, I know you've probably heard this. Nobody remembers the second guy to walk on the moon. (laughs) Very true, man. Very true. So, uh, well, cool. Yeah, I'll let you guys get back to the show. I just wanted to call and talk oh, a little thanks, bit about it. Thanks, you know. John. I'm, I'm glad you uh, felt uh, compelled to hijack the show for about 10 minutes with your dribble. <laughs> Look, man, this was, this was, this was topical. I got in early, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not calling in the middle of some other funny segment going, man, I know you guys are talking about aching fucking chicks, but boy, I'm sad that Eddie Van Halen died. How, how, <laughs> has, how has Stephanie uh, softened the blow for you this week? Or has she? Um, you know what? Actually, she she actually really did. Um, it, it's funny because, like, I mean, I, I my phone. Aiken I, I, and I were talking about it. Like, I mean, my phone literally still. I, I'm still getting messages from people and stuff like that. Like, I've, I'm very outward about how much I'm a big Van Halen fan. And um, Steph actually found out before I did because I was at work and I had my phone in my desk, and I open it up at like four fifteen and I see like twenty missed texts. I'm like, what the fuck? And I open up the text and, and the first three words I see are Eddie. I'm like, oh, fuck, no. So I, I Googled Eddie Van Halen. The first thing that comes up was the TMZ article. I'm like, son of a bitch. And Steph had. Thanks for calling, John. <laughs> All right. And before he wants to take it out on you, I called for that. <laughs> <laughs> The, the communication between between us uh, 350 miles apart is is excellent instantaneous instantaneous it's like you're right here in the studio chris <laughs> jeez <laughs> hail and kill caller you're on the air hey what's up guys dan from my grown how you doing tonight we're we're well how are you dan man i'm good for the first time i'm calling in confident feeling I'm knowledgeable and, um, on topic. So, okay. um, yeah. So yeah, it is a sad day. I want to piggyback on him with Ben Halen because, you know, the guitar isn't what it used to be. Like I'm 48 and I dedicated my life to playing since I was 13. And to me in the pantheon of rock guitars, there are four game changers. Sure. There were better players out there. Um, you know, there were guys I could keep up, but there were four game changers who, when they played, the rest of the guitar community stopped what they were doing and paid attention. The All first right. one, obviously, being Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Yes. Okay. So he's gone, right? I think the next to come along would have been Randy Rhodes. 
Now, why Randy? Why Randy? Yeah, why Randy? Now, let me let me make my point, and then I'll let you tell me okay. why. Randy okay. Randy Rhodes obviously was a slick guitarist that that uh, Ozzy had tapped from Quiet Riot. Right. Would he be the legend or the the uh, supposed legend he is today had he not died so young? Well, I don't know. I mean, timing is everything. You know, I mean, that's a big part of it. You know, I mean, so, so, everything fell into place for him. Well, but but what? It, but, well, hold on. But but you said he's a game changer. The only the only thing that absolutely. changed the game was his death. No, he was a game changer in the way he approached his guitar and the style that he played. Like he, everyone, all guitar players up until them were all from the Eric Clapton school or the British guitar players that learned from the Americans. And here comes home somebody who's completely original in that Randy Rhodes. I mean, it's hard to deny that when he hit the scene, I mean, I've heard George Lynch say that that all guys just kind of had to stop and say, wow, we need to, you know, take a new look at this. So, yeah, I mean, I would absolutely call him a game changer in just his approach and sheer talent. I mean, the guy, the guy was great. Well, I mean, well, what's the, the guy, better player? Well, wait a minute. I'm going to agree with you. He was talented. Yes. But what made him a game changer? Give me a specific, what made him a game changer? His, his fresh and unique approach to his style. Well, of play. Well, well, what is the style of play? No, what was no. fresh and what was fresh and unique about his style of playing? Okay. His mom D on the music store in LA. And she taught music, and he learned since he was five. And for whatever reason, little Randy was obsessed with classical guitar and classical music. And you listen to a song like Diary of a Madman, and that riff, I mean, it's just classical, neoclassical all over it, and nothing sounds like it. I mean, like you got before Randy, where nothing sounded like Randy, and then after Randy, where everything, you know, people were changing sound like. Randy. And I, I, on a side note, I want to say that these are my thoughts and opinions, and I do not present them as facts. All right. I'm but, glad you threw that disclaimer out there. But go ahead. <laughs> well, thank uh, you. Uh, but we'll move on from number, Randy. We'll go with number three. Who's number three? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. I think that's fair. Now, that guy had the whole package. That voice, everything. And obviously, Eddie was the fourth, and now they're all gone. And it's sad because I was just talking to a kid tonight who's telling me that kids don't have the ambition or drive to buy guitars, sit down, and learn. Well, what, there what, are a lot the, of good guitar players well, out there. Well, but what is the what is the um, motivation to do that? Because there are no more rock stars. Nobody cares exactly. about nobody cares about exactly. being You're a right. rock star these days because nobody cares or pays attention to it. That is the absolute sad truth now that, now mean, if there the were if there truth. were still record companies out there that promoted mm -hmm. rock music or or promoted up-and-coming yeah. bands and there were still arena acts do you think yeah. kids today would aspire to do that because hey man i, I wanna, don't know i do i think because it's well i i'm i'm just saying i'm going back a little further to like 15 well, that was the furthest thing on our mind. All we wanted to do was get better and join bands and mm. play. And that kind of For like, what reason? For the hope that what? I'm, for me, it was the love of the guitar. Was to it? Be able to or was it? Play, yes. I can imagine to myself play. on a big stage in a big arena playing in front of well, yeah. 10,000, 20,000 people, right? I was aware those were pipe dreams and didn't really expect that to happen. The thrill for me was learning new songs and recognize what I was playing and having, you know, at parties, people being like, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So it drove me to play and play and get better and get better. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs for the guitar world out there. Like I would say the top dog guitar player out there. And normally people would have scoffed at this, but I think people are kind of catching on to how good this guy really is. But the, the top dog out there, is, for my money, has got to be John Mayer. That guy can play. <laughs> Dude, go back and give a listen. This is the guitar player saying. I mean, you don't get the Jerry Garcia gig for nothing. He's really good. 
There's another kid out there, Chris. I don't know if you've heard of Billy String. Yeah, I, I know who he is, but yeah. Mark Tremonti yeah. is a better guitar player than either of them. Well, it's different, you know, different styles. I, I, I found it curious. I was really surprised by that. Too bad he's such a fucking douchebag. But, you know, what do I know? I don't know the guy. I, you know, I would even argue there's a fifth game changer out there. But the sad thing is he's a local guy that nobody even knows who he is. Then he it's can't a, be a game changer if nobody knows who he is. I know. It's sad as it could have been. But, I mean, I think, I believe you said you've seen who could play before. And uh, their guitar player, Steve Sweeney. Is um, he's he's something special, but I mean the the talent pulls thin when it comes, you know, to guitar out there. You know, I was was a Gilmore head and stuff. And is it thin or know. is it just I mean, not discovered? I think it's thin because kids aren't learning to play at a young age anymore. Well, you, you know, I mean, guitar players were like guitar shops. I remember selling those clamors off the shelf, like mad kicks, and that, and now they can't even stay open. Like, who are your top three guitar players for you? I mean, there was Dimebag. I guess you had, and Zach, you know, there was a, like a phase two of, of um, great players. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't call any of them game changers, you know. Well, well there, there, there's, the, there's the Ingve Malmsteins of the world, or, or Steve Steve Vai, or well, you could, yes, or, you could make or, a very strong argument, or or that. George Lynch, or or um, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mark Ferrari, I mean, Phil Collins from Def Leppard, um, you know, he's, he's kind of a one trip pony. You know, I was always a Steve Clark fan. Well, but let's see what you're cool. what you're mentioning here are talented guitarists, but innovators right. and, and people who yeah. you know are game changers. No, no right. one's no one's going to top a Jimi Hendrix or a Eddie Van Halen. It's just not going to happen. You're right. I mean, where do you go? You, I mean, you were right with the Ingve. That was probably about as closest to my gift, but I mean, you know, you get virtuosos like Mark Tremonti, he's not doing anything different or new. I mentioned Billy Strings because he's introducing like the whole bluegrass element to it, which is, you know, pretty cool. There's a lot of energy if you listen to it live. Now, Chris, you said you saw who could, do you recall their guitar player or but making a mental note like, gee, this guy's really good or did didn't jump about out it? At me. Didn't jump out at me. He, what? he did not he jump, jump out of here. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Yeah, I would say well, the last, last stylistic game changer, at least in my head, unless there's somebody a little more modern than this, would probably be Head from Corn, because he came out and had a yeah. style that was completely okay. different than yeah. pretty much anybody. I would go further. Yeah, you I'm go, sorry, go, go right, go right ahead, dude. It's your show. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry, you know I'm excited and I don't do the give and take. But I would go one further and say not just head, but the team of head and monkey, because they're kind of like a team. You know, they 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 play off of one another. And yeah, no, that that that's a good one. That would be another great example. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's a short list when you start thinking about guys that innovate. You know, Dimebag for as good as he was. I mean, he wasn't. I guess you would say innovator. And then when people will try to innovate and things get ridiculous with multi-neck guitars and whatnot. But I do urge you, and I, and I heard you laugh, but I mean, I kind of know what I'm talking about. You know, I have, John will probably back me up, but I mean, they, you don't just give the Jerry Garcia gig anyone. John Mayer is a great fucking player. I mean, the guy really is. He's just, don't like his music, hate him. That I can recognize, you know, kind of a, lot, a lot of people say that that the guy from the White Stripes is is one of those guys too. I don't. Why? I would totally disagree. I don't know his music to know. Sorry. Jack White. But he, I'm a, I, I love the Edge. I think the Edge is a great innovator. Of what? Boring music? No, of his his, his sounds, the effects, the songwriting, always keeping it interesting. The well never running dry. For thirty years, I mean, I didn't, you know, I'm not putting him in the top ten, but he's got like one of the best right arms in, in, in the game. I mean, that guy can pick fast. 
you know, so, yeah, I don't know. All right. Yeah, well, I don't um, know. You know, I don't know. Do you know? Well, know. yeah, that's what it is. Hey, is that the telltale sign of uh, flaming out? I think so. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> anyway, good call. But yeah, I still have the unbidden guys. Give me Adrian any day. And um, hey, you know, thanks for letting me talk. And um, I'll call back in a year or so. Yeah. Have we made your week? Do you feel better? I do. I had pretty shitty day but yeah no it's good most of my calls no pretty much all my calls i call and get flustered and, and they all right thank you i was typing click as you did it <laughs> we gave you your forum dude you got to say what you wanted to say it's out time to go the edge stop it the edge i couldn't identify one riff that guy plays i, I know you two music but to go yeah he's he's an innovator it's like doing what what did he do yeah i I don't know how the edge innovated average boring music yeah that's what u2 has done average boring music i i I stopped listening to u2 at the jockey (laughs) that was about the about the extent of my u2 listens i think I, i i stayed in a little longer but never really liked them much after the unforgettable fire yeah i i'm just i'm just not into the whole pc you know uh socialist bullshit nonsense yeah well yeah and bono is such a cunt that it makes it really hard to appreciate their music <laughs> hail and kill caller you're on the air hail and kill guys are we talking um i just tuned in about 15 minutes ago and heard homeboy talking about his top four that I have strong disagreements with. Is that the subject right now? Well, we're t- we were talking about the innovations of Eddie Van Halen and what a loss it is to the world. And he felt that uh, there were four game changers in the in the world of guitar, you know, riffs. So uh, go ahead. All right. Well, with all due respect to him, he's full of shit. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. I just disagree. Um, I'll just look. I Eddie was never my man. All right. Like he's I, I loved him, but he he was. My top favorite two guitar players, and I'm a guy that stopped playing guitar in like the early 80s, and I'm trying to get back into it now. So I don't, I don't know a lot of what's evolved in the 90s or since then, for that matter. But I've always felt that that, and if someone can tell me if I'm wrong. If there's someone else out there, let me know. This is all there opinion. Three game this changers. is all this is all opinion driven. So right, wrong, or indifferent, there really is no real answer. It's just what you believe. So go ahead. All right, fair enough. So my personal favorites in terms of style, sound, songs, were Randy Rhodes and George Lynch. Okay? Those well, are my now, personal now favorites. Now, answer me the question. Why Randy Rhodes? I'm not saying he's the number one innovator. I'm saying he was one of my personal favorites, his solos. Okay? Just him and Lynch. But if I can continue, the game changers in terms of the paradigm of playing electric rock guitar where, where homeboy was saying you hear it, you have to stop and say, what the hell is this? I want to hear it again. Okay. It's not Stevie Ray Vaughan and it wasn't Randy Rhodes. I agree with, I think you, Neely, you said Hendrix, Hendrix, number one, number two, without a doubt, Edward Van Halen, rest in peace. God bless his soul. And then number three, I have to say Ingve Malmsteen. Those are the top three, in my opinion, that's the Mount Rushmore right now of heavy metal guitar players as far as i'm concerned or hard rock guitar players again my personal preferences for lynch and Rhodes; those those are the two that influenced me the most but in terms of innovators and game changers hendrix van halen malmstein all right fair enough so now, right, you're, now you're getting back into guitar yeah i'm trying it's kind of hard when you've gained 50 pounds got arthritis and real fat fingers <laughs> At least you admit it, huh? It's a bitch yeah. getting old, right? Oh, well, you know what they say. You're only as you're only as old as the women you feel. All right. I feel twenty five myself. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, listen, I gotta go. Have a great night, Hail and Kill, <laughs> and job, and uh fuck you, pal, fuck off, whatever. Later. Take care. Bye. Whatever, fuck off. Yeah, whatever. It's that it's whatever your catchphrase is. I, I right. all that stuff. Right. That's funny. At least he at least he was smart enough to say 
these are guys I enjoy. They weren't innovators. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole thing, you know, but, yeah. uh, wow. Everybody wants to talk about guitars tonight. Hey, oh, kill caller. You're on the air. Meek Miles, man. Tim. Tim. Mick Mars. Mick Mars, please. Tim's a, Tim's a lunatic. Hail and Kale Caller, you're on the air. Hail and Kale. Five innovative guitar players. Oh, there's five now. Order. Okay, now 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 be prepared to, to you know back up what you're uh, making a claim about. So go ahead. Absolutely. Number one, Chuck Berry. All right, I'm going to agree with that. That was actually something that I thought about for the first call, but go ahead. I agree with that. Number two, Eric Clapton. Why Eric? Because he was the one who got guitar solos from eight bars to extended. He was the first one to do that with John Mayall and Cream. He made the guitar a more expressive instrument, not just another band instrument. Is this Shadow Steel? <laughs> um, number three, Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Number number four, Tony Iommi. Tony Iommi. Okay. Give me give it's, me the example of Tony Iommi aside from a sawed off finger. Because metal guitarists from 1970 till today are all influenced, not all, but influenced by him. All Influence right. is still on modern bands. Well, I, I will tune. I will agree with the down tune and the the dark heavy you know the the dark heavy uh, riffing. I, I would agree that uh, he was very innovative with the um, with the darkness of of guitars and the heaviness of the guitar. Right, and Eddie Van Halen number five. All right, no Ingvay. No Ingvay. No Eric Johnson. No, maybe a. Richie Blackmore no! in the top ten, in the top ten, <laughs> but but fuck Jackal, Hail and Kale, hand job, <laughs> fuck you, pal, and have a good night. Have a good night. All right. Well, that's the best. That's the best reason ever. Toodaloo, Buckaroos. Toodaloo and fuck Jackal. Exactly. Agree. <laughs> so funny. I like it. Well, there, there you go, Chris. There's a lot of varying opinions out there about, uh, you know, people's faves, I guess. But, yes, uh, absolutely. but you know, but but again, uh, here we are in 2020 and, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen broke out on the scene in what, 78. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that that was the last one of the real innovators of guitar. Amazing that. um whatchamacallit jimmy page not mentioned one time by yeah, you know that's funny you brought that up because i thought that exact same thing jesus christ i think he everybody no uh gets no credit at all none <laughs> so i don't know i i would have put a jimmy page in there a little bit somewhere i don't know yeah, he's i got mean you know obviously obviously he wasn't the first one to play with a bow but he was the one who definitely uh you know made that a, a you know, I don't, I don't want to call it a gimmick because he really did some spooky shit with that. Yeah. You know, incorporated that into a live show. Mm-hmm. So I think Jimmy page, uh, belongs in the, uh, innovators. Yeah. I think he gets a, he gets a small bust at least on the, on the Mount Rushmore. Doesn't he? I, I agree. I completely agree. All right. Well, cool. There we go. All right, here's another one. Hey, Alan Kill, caller, you're on the air. Hey, Alan Kill, sorry, I had to call back when you mentioned Jimmy Page. Okay. All right. Um, Jimmy Page was great at what he did, but um, Jimmy Page kind of epitomized the saying, I think it was Einstein, that like the secret to being a genius is hiding your sources. That dude ripped off, ripped off. So many Southern black guitar players and blues players and never gave them any credit. And I've seen so many documentaries of red stuff, word for word, song for song, note for note. That guy was no genius. And I believe he was also a Satan worshiper. So there you go. Hand, <laughs> hand, hand, job. <laughs> hand job, blow job. Have a good night later. Bye. <laughs> yeah, well, that, 
that itself should disqualify him immediately. Even if he did rip everybody off, nobody went back and found those guys that he ripped off and said they're the influences. But a shit ton of people bought guitars because of fucking Jimmy Page. Right. No matter where he got his sound from. A shit ton of people started playing guitar because of Jimmy Page. I agree. Which to me would make him innovative on some way. Like, hey, there's an innovative theft. You know, he yeah. innovated theft. Well, they, they, you know, they often talked about, you know, the guys in uh, Led Zeppelin often talked about their influences and the, uh, the blues based guys, the Willie Dixons and the, and the howling wolves and the Moby grapes and, you know, all that stuff. They, they came right out and admitted, Hey, that's where we, uh, um, got a lot of our influences from. I will say this though. I cannot for the life of me figure out how Led Zeppelin got away with the, with the stairway to heaven thing, that spirit lawsuit yeah, that they wanted and they won their appeal. That fucking is a direct ripoff. I don't <laughs> care what anybody says that Taurus and that it's, it's a direct ripoff. Yeah. I don't know how the fucking would they get a deaf judge. That's the only thing I could think of is that they had a deaf judge. that could not just listen to it and hear it. Sounds exactly the fucking same. Yeah, very, 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 very similar. Yeah. Too similar to, to not to not think that it was if I did that today, if I took stairway to heaven and changed one note in the fucking progression, they'd fucking sue me like nobody's business. Well, of course they would. Ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, there there's your tribute to the uh the great Eddie Van Halen. And, uh, so since we're talking Van Halen and I know you're a, a Sammy fan, mm-hmm. uh, I'll let you pick a Sammy song. How's that? All right. Um, pleasure dome. Okay. Let's see here. I'm having to, oh, here we go. Van Halen. What you said? Pleasure dome. Yep. All right. Uh, okay. All right. Well, well, which one was that off of? Oh, fuck for unlawful carnal. Okay. All right. Well, we'll play, uh, we'll play a couple songs here. We'll come back. Our good friend, uh, Eric Braverman actually called me earlier to this, uh, today. And he says, Hey, you want to, you want a good Van Halen story? Did you say no? (laughs) I said, well, you're welcome to tell your Van Halen story. All right. So we'll talk to Eric briefly and then we'll find out what uh, he's got to say. Okay. All right. So here it is. It's Van Halen with Sammy Hagar and lead vocal with pleasure dome exclusively here on your classic metal show. (laughs) 